lunch, I eat a sandwich with a glass of Coke to roll. No one can see you drinking when you're working from home. I still produce reports in a professional bond. But now when I have downtime, I can do what I want. And welcome to the Existentialist Cucumber, the podcast that's recorded in a van down by the river. And my name is Larry Wu. I'm Curtis Withers. Uh, Larry, how was your week? Uh, not too bad. Uh, it's pretty uneventful. Though I did see Shang-Chi one more time just so that we can do our review uh, properly uh, with some additional quote-unquote research. Yeah. Uh, but uh, how was yours? I, yeah, it wasn't too bad. Um, I only I only saw Shang Chi the one time, but uh, it was uh, yeah. I'm looking forward to discussing that today. But you know, I'm still on vacation right now, so I've just been taking taking it easy. Uh, I've been playing old Final Fantasy games because they've come out with uh, this. I'm a, I always buy the latest version whenever they re release it. Like they they did a 3D remaster, and stuff. so they've just come out with the first four in what they call the pixel remaster so it's super faithful to the nes super famicon super nintendo releases now now correct me if i'm wrong but the is it is it the japanese one to four or the american one to four because wasn't the first final fantasy was actually the third one the uh, the first final fantasy was the first in both countries but then the second in america was the fourth in japan okay it's the japanese it's it's like the actual it's the actual final fantasy because it includes two and three which were never originally released in north america and five and five and six are also coming out so those are uh, those that that's their entire run on the uh nes and snes um Yeah, yeah. So it'll will include two, three, and five, which were never originally released in uh, the United States, but have been released since in various like compilations and stuff like that. Well, I know you're a big fan, but uh, yes. yeah, we do have a pretty big action pack show um, with our normal leadoffs, and we have another weird, quirky Canadian fact along with our headlines. Um, and yes, we will be talking about Shang-Chi, the latest Marvel MCU offering, which is uh, doing quite well. Uh, it, it had a crazy Labor Day opening weekend number, and then I think worldwide it's creeping towards the 300 million mark. Yeah, I And mean, we're still in a pandemic, right? Yeah, when you adjust those numbers for a pandemic, like, yeah, it's doing exceptionally well. I think yeah. that's kind of a boost for the, you know, for for, for cinemas and, and the industry to, you know, to show that you can, you know, get pretty, pretty good returns yeah. you know, now on, on releasing, uh, releasing a movie in the theaters on its own and not sort of co-releasing it on streaming. And we'll also talk about uh, our both of our experiences going back to the theater, right? Which is yeah, something yeah. that you and I talked about maybe about a year ago, where we said, "Oh, that's like the last thing I want to do." Yeah, oh, and it I turned think... out to be one of the first things I did after I got a haircut. Yeah, outside <laughs> of outside of a couple of trips to the Z80 arcade bar, that's the first thing I did. I did, I did indoors. Um, yeah, uh, I guess I was just. Uh, I was feeling pretty uh I was feeling pretty confident like I you know I kind of like the way they're filling the auditoriums you know everything is really okay. spaced out I felt yeah. pretty comfortable you know All right yeah let's 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 dig dig deeper into that so 
Um, off the top, I, I mentioned a line from Saturday Night Live. So we do have a story that we will talk a bit about uh, Norm Macdonald, who recently passed away. But another famous milestone and famous Canadian comedy uh, recently hit. Uh, the Hilarious House of Frightenstein um, hit 50 years old, which um, is quite amazing. So this was like a little show that... Um, was broadcasted for me it was off of channel 11 so chch here in ontario um it was like this sketch comedy show in 70s format that revolved around uh frankenstein horror movie characters if you will um most of them were played by billy van uh with a small other cast of supporting groups but it was like this weird like you and I were talking uh, offline and it was like, try to describe it. And I, I, yeah, as an adult, yes, it was like sketch comedy. I think it was for kids, right? Like, I don't think it was for any older demo. Yeah. I think it was, it was geared towards kids. Like, I think the time it was on, like the time that they showed it was like afternoons and stuff. Like after school, right? Yeah. Yeah. But it was like these sketch comedy, I guess no different than Monty Python, but they were, some of them were really short and it, they were like all hard cuts. Yeah. So in a way, I think I use the analogy of it's like playing WarioWare mini games where you're just being thrown these things and it could just be two or three lines and then it cuts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But yeah, it's, uh, yeah, 50 years, Curtis. Um, so here's my earliest memory of Players House of Frankenstein. As a kid, like when I first watched it, and yeah, I, I I watched it because it was like, oh, Halloween type characters, but they weren't really scary. I didn't really understand the comedy because I think if I were if I were to kind of go back in a time machine and watch myself watch the show, I don't think I ever laughed out loud. <laughs> but I found it entertaining, right? Like yeah. I, I think I I found the characters comforting. I guess I I don't know. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, yeah, it was entertaining. You know, the, you know, the characters were goofy and the costumes were goofy and, you know, they had that, they had that Wolfman Jack parody character and, and stuff like that. I was, he was actually like, a werewolf, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. it's not just Wolfman. It's like, he's got, he's, he's a yeah. werewolf. He's a werewolf, werewolf man, Jack. Yeah. 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 Spinning, um, spinning the old days. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm with you. I don't think I ever laughed, um, <laughs> despite it being called the hilarious house of House of uh, Frightenstein. Uh, I was never neither found it hilarious or frightening. Um, okay. But yeah, I would watch it if it was on. You know, a lot of times it was just sort of like it was watching that or you know, um, news or something like that. Like I'd 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 I'd, yep. I'd watch it. Yeah, I'm with you. It was entertaining enough. And, and and they actually had Vincent Price, right? Like he did the he did a voiceover, and he also would read. Was he was he reading poems? Was yeah. that his his sketch? He would read poems. He'd introduce things. Um, it was a they had a, a good sort of um, factoid on that on the Wikipedia entry that uh, 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 Vincent Price he wanted to he was he he wanted to do it. He was drawn to doing it because he wanted to do something for kids. So mm-hmm. I guess it was it was geared towards because he wanted to do something that kids could enjoy. And um, he filmed 400 segments, like short segments 
uh, in the over the course of four days and got paid a lump sum of thirteen thousand dollars. Nineteen seventy one dollars. <laughs> yeah. That's that's a pretty good gig. But yeah, let's 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 talk a bit about the production, which I, I didn't really understand even as a kid, but looking at it as an adult, this seems like just insane. So they filmed a total of 130 episodes across a nine month span in nineteen in the summer of nineteen seventy one. So really they only made one season of Hilarious House of Reitenstein. But the one season encapsulated ten times the amount of episodes that one that a regular TV show would have had, right? Yeah, so they basically reached like syndication level level of content in one season, and uh, that's why, like ten years down the road, uh, we were still watching it. You know, in in the early eighties, it's like you know seven and eight year old kids because they had. 130 episodes at their disposal oh god you know like Um, like it's the opposite of the way they do things in britain right like you know six six episode seasons you know they they, (laughs) in canada we do 130 episode seasons that's how we roll right so let's uh let's go through the memorable characters and then maybe we'll we'll share a story about each one of them and maybe you, you have your favorite so uh the fact that there was a sketch comedy, there there did seem to be uh, a main character. So it was basically the Count and his Igor, mm-hmm. right? And remember, they had that Fra- that Frankenstein. They, I think his name is Brucey. They're Brucey. they're trying to they're trying to activate him, but yeah. they couldn't. Yes. Uh, but uh, yeah, yeah. So that you know, quote unquote, those are the main characters because they kind of get weaved throughout the episode, right? I mean, they would show up in sketch comedy and. Igor would show up dancing with the Wolfman, but yeah. uh, so that was kind of funny, right? It was just them like trying to turn Brucey on, and nothing would happen, and things like that. I just remember that. Yes. Um. So of course, there's uh, Wolfman. You mentioned it. So this was a werewolf disc jockey uh, who spun rock and roll records, uh, which was like a kind of Wolfman Jack impression. Yeah. Um. The funny thing was, he he, he they they called him called the music he called the music i think golden oldies or whatever but the funny thing weren't they contemporary music at 1971 um yeah i think i think it it was yeah like but like jumping jack flash for the stones because i i that's my my biggest memory of wolf and jack like i couldn't i didn't know any of the other songs i i knew jumping jack flash yeah yeah so what what year would have that been for the stones that would have been in that vintage year right that would have been contemporary by the time. Yeah, I, I would have been like a couple of years old or something like that. And they also, and I do remember Three Dog Night, right? Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Yeah, it was all stuff from like the late, yeah, there was like oldies for him would have been like, you know, Glenn, Five years Glenn ago. Miller and stuff. <laughs> you know, he would have been, you know, not. Yeah. Uh, so they were also talking about the fact that it's it's difficult in syndication because they don't have the I guess they only had a limited license for these for this the music so they a lot of the Wolfman sections are probably just cut right out so that's too bad because that was always fun because like he would spin the music and then he would like get up from his chair right yeah, yeah. and then he'd like dance over to this green screen which would then they project like this psychedelic silhouette through him yeah that's right yeah yeah and he and then and then igor would show up so because you'd see igor's silhouette would be you know 
it, it's quite uh it, it's quite it's it, it's it's memorable and and it's 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 identifiable right yeah i think those segments were probably my favorite when i you know when i was watching it as a as as a kid right like just the uh the music and the the psychedelic sort of you know that it kind of it caught my attention while 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 i was being neither frightened nor (laughs) (laughs) exactly laughing out loud i was like oh yeah this is pretty cool yeah uh, so the next character is the Grammar Slammer. So this was, I guess, like this, there was this, this giant purple monster that would, um, challenge Igor, um, on some grammar. And then like, he would threaten to beat up Igor if he failed. Right. Like, I have a vague memory of that. And also I just didn't understand it as, you know, as a kid yeah. growing yeah. up, it's just like, <laughs> uh, the professor Julius Sumner, Sumner Miller, remember him? Like he would do like real scientific experiments and actually talk like he was the only one that was actually prop. Like I, I remember when I was a kid watching it thinking this is the only guy that that seems credible. Yes. <laughs> There's what he's saying. I couldn't I, I, I couldn't believe what the grammar or slammer if, if it was true or not. But Julius Sumner Miller. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think he was actually a prof in uh, Ed McMaster. If you look him up, I think I think he I think he was. Yeah, I think he'd been he he had done a few TV shows as well. Like I think he was a like, kind of like a known uh, mm-hmm. a known commodity in that uh in that time. in that space. In that space, yeah. Uh there's the British explorer who basically just comes out and goes ooga booga. Yeah, ooga booga, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh Dr. Petvet, that's that was a fun uh segment, right? Dr. Petvet would bring some animal, they talk about it and then Every every sketch episode would be here, Igor. He's yours, and then Igor would ask for permission, and he would always get denied. Right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, by they think that they call was it? It wasn't. You never saw the monster. It was just like this angry voice, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. It's a like a like a uh, like a disembodied voice. Yeah. Uh, then there's Doctor Petvet. Oh, sorry, we talked. We talked about Doctor Pepper. Sorry, uh, Griselda, the ghastly gourmet. So this was obviously not a character uh, played by Billy Van, but uh, I guess it was supposed to be like a Julia Child parody. But she's a witch, and she's make she's trying to make like a legit meal, and she's always putting like weird stuff in. Inevitably, the she the the cauldron would explode quote unquote explode and she would taste test it and it would be horrible yeah and she'd always like bang her head on the pot yeah right. yeah she was uh she was a good uh a good source of slapstick hmm uh another one and this one was good but again i, I didn't really click as a kid because he was really scary looking was the librarian yeah so this was like the, the whole shtick here was he was supposed to scare you with the story that he's going to read. Yeah. Yeah. Inevitably, all the stories are like, they're not scary. They were never meant to be scary. But, you know, it was just like this old dusty, uh, like heavily made up old decrepit man reading the story in the scary voice. But he'd be like reading like Humpty Dumpty, right? Yeah, other he, children's stories he could have been which influence. he thinks are horror stories yeah yeah he could have been an influence for count floyd right oh yeah and then and then he would admit that they were not 
you're right this is yeah. not scary yeah and i'll get you next time and <laughs> oh, that was that was the whole thing right um there's the maharaji right the, the the hindu guru who uh i think he just he would like say some type of bit of wisdom like like a confucius uh uh fortune cookie <laughs> and then like i don't know wouldn't like just flowers get dumped on him or something like that yeah yeah uh <laughs> there was the oracle the mystic who reads out horoscopes uh looking at the crystal ball right yeah yeah and then uh, and then answered questions uh like viewer mail type questions <laughs> oh yeah that's right because yeah didn't it didn't it come out of the then like some piece of paper would come out of the, the yeah. crystal ball or something like that. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. And then there was like this, yeah. Uh, a little person, right. The mini count. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Like, like it was just a, it was a weird show. It was a very <laughs> weird show, but you know, there was a lot of, there was, there was a lot to it. There was, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of characters, so, you know, and some of the some of the concepts, you know, now that we're looking back at at it as sort of like adults, are pretty funny. But mm-hmm. um, although the show was sort of geared towards kids, like like you and I can attest, I'm not sure how many kids. Like I don't remember people going to school the next day and saying, "Oh and man, talking about it." Yeah, that was a hilarious Frightenstein. But everybody watched it. Just because it was because it was on and it was kind of engaging. And you're right. I I, I, I you nailed it on head. I don't think I've ever went to school and hey, hey, did you watch this or even watch with friends? You yeah. know, you're right. It was like this thing that people just kind of watched individually, never yeah. talked about it, but watched it for whatever reason. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was just because <laughs> I wasn't laughing at it. Maybe no. you know, uh, you know, I wasn't. Yeah, a bit I wasn't scared either. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah, I wasn't you know. like, I wasn't laughing out loud, right? Like, you know, there wasn't <laughs> enough farting in it. Like, if there had been more farting, I would have been cropping up. It was too high brow. So, 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 do you think a show like this would um, would work in today's world? I don't know. That's a good question. Like, I don't know. View, viewing sensibilities have kind of uh, changed a little bit. Like, I I don't know. Maybe maybe if it was on YouTube, maybe if like if like some influencers got together and came up with some sort of monster based YouTube show, it would mm. do well. Yeah, I like I don't know, like it, it was it was very, uh, you know, it was of its I think it was of its time. Um, OK, you know, but who knows? I mean, stuff comes around, right? Yeah, yeah, no, no, uh, and and uh, Baron Baron Vaughn sketch showed that sketch comedy still works. Oh yeah, sketch com. I think sketch comedy as a format uh, still works. I just I don't know if you could do something as you know sort of themed like that in in sketch comedy. Maybe you know like like uh, you'd kind of want to you know sort of ha- have a more broad scope. But yeah, but who knows you're right because it almost um it almost watches like a variety show 
Yeah, yeah, it definitely does. It's like it kind of reminds re- reminds me a bit of that uh, that Simpsons. Remember the the Simpsons uh, episode where they they had like Wiggum PI. They had like these spinoff shows, the, the the Simpsons spinoff showcase or whatever, and then they had that variety, that really bad variety show, yeah, with Tim Conway guest starring and stuff. That's the <laughs> kind of humor we're talking about, like pretty obvious on the nose you know sort of uh sort of what what they'd call today what what today i guess would be known as dad jokes it was very yeah, dad yeah, jokey. Yeah, yeah yeah um but like like is it like they had actual sci like they had actual science and and stuff like that like they did have like you said they did have elements of the show that had an educational sort of bent to it mm-hmm all right. Well, happy birthday, hilarious House of Frightenstein. Um, gonna have to see if I can find uh, find it on DVD or something. So, but it's on Crave. It'd be, it'd be but it, the thing is, it'd be a shame without the Wolfman. Oh music. right, right. Like right? yeah, you, yeah. I see it in its completeness. Yeah. Okay, so uh, another thing I wanted to kind of bring up, and I thought this was kind of funny because science is under attack, Curtis, uh, during our COVID era for whatever reason. Um, but I found this interesting website called improbable research which gives out these uh i guess jokey uh versions of the nobel peace prize or the nobel prize in each of the categories i think it's almost matching the same categories as the nobel prizes right yes um so because they they have uh they have these spoofy awards for a whole bunch of other industries so why not the Nobels. So I, I don't want to go too far into it, but I, I, I thought I'd just kind of bring up one winner in the 2021 uh, year. And this was the, this was the actual peace prize. So this was a study. Now you have to realize these are not, these, these awards are jokey, but the studies are not, these are actual scientific studies that someone performed and did and I guess at one point in time defended. And this was a study that this guy or this team decided to see if we evolved facial hair as a form of defense for fighting. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And uh, and if you, you look at the sort of like abstract, um, yeah, they, 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 they seriously tested this hypothesis. Yes, because they 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 looked at uh, uh, like a, uh, the correlation with lions, right? They said some authors are proposed that the beard may function similar to the long hair of a lion's mane, serving to protect vital areas like the throat, jaw from lethal attacks. So you 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 saw the picture first, but it was this like they obviously didn't punch humans with beards and people without and people without beards like myself who can't grow facial hair if I tried. But they, I guess they had this device that is similar to testing helmets and they were whacking some type of thing that had, I guess, something like hair covering it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they tried to make they tried to make something that was analogous to like to like to like human like a human bone and skin, like a facial, like a like a construct of the face. So so without we'll let everyone go and read the abstract if you if you want if you're into that if you're going through a a science science class in university level but um they did notice that yeah it it the 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 hair of the beard would disperse the force from a punch 
<laughs> and also it would like misdirect right because if you have a big beard like you have a beard curtis but yes. it's not like it's 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 not hanging it's not like zz top beard right no where you know it's protecting your chin right which is arguably one good shot to the chin and you're knocked out right yeah yeah so yeah i it would it would it would my, my beard would serve i think little protection from that um you know, but if I had grown it, yeah, if I was maybe a bit more, um, like yeah, it was a bit more, more like a mountain man style beard, perhaps. Yeah, because you, I, I, because obviously people are wearing masks still, and I've noticed that people, the guys, have been growing out their beards. It looks weird when they have their mask on because it's like, really, that's where your mouth is. Yeah, <laughs> like your mother knows, <laughs> right? And you're like, yeah. hold on, are you wearing the mask properly? And you realize, no, it's the beard. And maybe so, maybe their science has something to it, right? Because I, I wouldn't have thought that's where the guy's chin was. Yeah, yeah, it's a good, good. But good, uh, good yeah, go, 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 check it out if you're into science and you're into really. But there's some other weird prizes. I think there was sorry another one, the entomology prize. So this is the study of insects, right? A new method of cockroach control on submarines. Not anywhere else, just in just submarines. submarines. Yeah, yeah. Very well, you know, very it's a it's it's long been documented that cockroaches, you know, they get into a submarine, you can't really fumigate, you know. Uh it's a huge problem. So, you know, oh, there's oh. practical applications, surely. And 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 to close off this story, um, or or this topic. Uh, what was that one with the acoustic prize? It was the uh, oh yes, it was the biology. It was the biology prize given to this study doing a comparative acoustic analysis of purring in four cats. And uh, one one of the of uh, 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 sort of uh, there, there's like four or five papers on this one. It looks like one of them was uh, called melody in human cat communication and then in parentheses meowsic <laughs> oh i haven't read that one yet but it's on my list oh curtis why 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 weren't we scientists why 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 couldn't i write this paper or do this study in uh at carlton I, I know I know I, I I do feel sometimes I missed my calling or or because these are like, like I guess saying off the top these are real studies so someone got a research grant did some type of proposal and said I want to study this and someone said here you go go for it yeah 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 here's some money um, there was there was one more if I can just quickly there was yep, one yeah yeah no go please and I can't remember what it felt like, oh it was the economics it was the economics prize and essentially it was um the obesity of a of 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 a of a government of a country's like like politicians like top politicians uh, as an indicator of that country's corruption <laughs> oh like yeah because because uh, there's a they're trying to determine if the correlation of them being bigger means more corruption yes yeah i don't know it's like the it's like the the dracoff dracoff right like the dracoff uh sort of scenario where you know if you're a big sweaty <laughs> if you're a big sweaty weinstein-esque guy you know, there's a high probability that you're misogynist <laughs> yeah, you're, yeah and corrupt <laughs> Okay. Um, 
uh, again, we haven't even gotten to the headlines, but these feel like headlines. But something else I found um, on the internet recently is uh, the story under the subreddit uh, funny. And we talk about Star Wars on, on the show quite a bit. This was a... Someone had posted a video. I guess they were the original uh, creators of this video that made... I guess it was for the Playboy channel. It, it I guess that's what it, where it would have aired. But it's this... Star Wars themed phone sex line. And they filmed this commercial for it. And it was absolutely hilarious. Like it is in that nineties era when those party lines were very popular, right? They, yeah. they It was like every other commercial on American TV. Sh- uh, right. Curtis. Like oh, yeah. when we were like in t- like teenager years, um, maybe just before, just maybe early university. But you know, a lot of them are like, hey, join the party. Come talk to me. Lots of single women. But this was Star Wars themed. So this commercial had these women dressed as Star Wars yeah. aliens. Yeah, like the sexy <laughs> version. So, yeah, there's a sexy, um, I guess, like Yoda-like character. There was the Twi'lek, right? Of course, this guy has the sexy Twi'lek. Yeah. Um, and then it got weird. It got weird with the uh, Mon Calamari <laughs> Admiral Akbar head when the woman's wearing a bikini. Yeah, that was, that was so disturbing. It was so funny. <laughs> but but it, but the funny thing is the the, the commercial is filmed very uh, jokingly, mm-hmm. like Star Wars themed. But it was quite serious. Like it was the same blocking and same cutscenes and transitions you would see in those party lines because it would just be like. One woman at a time, pretending yeah. she's talking on the phone, yeah. and then one would be like shown dancing, and there was like this other bikini-clad woman wearing a Vader helmet. Yeah, and a stormtrooper, stormtrooper, and, a, and, and a, of course you get a sampling of the conversation. And one one, one of the things is, you want me to put my, you want to put my your lightsaber where? Yeah. <laughs> and, the, and, uh... and what was? Yeah, sorry. Oh, I was just gonna say the 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 uh, the woman dressed as the sexy Yoda even has like his his uh you know his his speech uh you know oh, his speech, speech pattern. patterns like uh you know uh <laughs> call me you will and all this kind of stuff well i i love the fact that it's it's one nine hundred hot jedi hot jedi yeah. is the phone number yeah. is the party line yeah and 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 the the best part is like the twilight that they have because like you know there's all these you know you've seen like the the hot Twi'leks and like, you know, dancing in Jabba's palace or whatever. But this one is clearly a, 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 Oh, uh, 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 they wanna call me or something like no, that. No, they they wanna party. They wanna party. That's it. They wanna party. <laughs> <laughs> and and when I watched that, I I totally thought of the Simpsons when all the men call that party line. I think it was was it Apu that first was he was he trying to date or was it someone trying to date? And it was just all it was like. Who uh, was Barney, on the call? Apu, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. Barney, Apu, <laughs> uh, Principal Skinner. He goes. Are there any hot women here? <laughs> That's just dudes. Yeah. 
Oh, but when I saw that, I was like, fantastic. And I, uh, if I wasn't so chicken, I would totally call 1-900-HOT-JEDI to see if the phone number still works. <laughs> it's just, it's just, you just don't want that to show up on your bill and have people... You like, do not want... Oh. Yeah, because long distances will may apply. Yeah. All right. So uh, we've been doing this segment... Um, for a few episodes now until we get bored of it or until we run out of content uh, are crazy Canadian facts or kind of weird stories that we find about Canada. And this is another anniversary. And this is the 30th anniversary of the, the rolling of the giant peach into the Okanagan Lake in Penticton in BC. Yes. So I guess there was like this ice cream stand, much like you'd see at the CNE. That's the shape of a peach. And in the summer of 1991, where, and I don't know why this is relevant, and hip hop artist MC Hammer, 91, that's totally like, uh, can't touch this, right? Oh, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's the height of Hammer. Okay. So it was the summer of 1991, and hip-hop artist MC Hammer just wrapped a concert in uh, Penticton. And I didn't... It's actually written there. I didn't actually use that as a pun. It wrapped at W-R-A-P-P-E-D. So during the Peach Fest celebration... So it's a thing in Penticton. I guess they have good peaches there. So tensions boiled over. So we don't know what tensions boiled over, but basically young, drunken MC Hammer fans went a little crazy and the young riders ran rampant through the city and a handful set their sights on the city's iconic waterfront peach shaped ice cream stand and they rolled it into the lake. Unbelievable. I think they might've found out that, uh, can't touch this. Um, is it like that, that, uh, wasn't an original sample. Like they're like, you ripped us off from Rick James. My life means nothing now. And then they rolled the peach into the yeah. Into the lake. So it 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 was replaced. So there is still the the peach there. But the original owner, I guess, found um uh, the photo. I guess maybe it was a newspaper newspaper photo of, of like some teens, young people standing on top of the peach yeah. while before it went into the lake. And so I guess she just kind of did a little Instagram you know, search, Hey, you know, 27 years later, 30 years later, you know, I've, Hey, I finally come to terms with this. And then trying to figure out if the people are still around, I guess, trying to find, you know, would love to know and and meet them. The people that actually not, not in any, any vindictive way. Yeah. Right. Well, there there was that line, I guess that, uh, cause I guess it's kind of caught on a little bit. And there's that line that like, you know, kids in the area in the Penticton area are, asking their parents if they were, yeah, they're tagging their picture. parents yeah, yeah. <laughs> one guy there's one guy on top of the beach who's like super cut <laughs> yeah that's right that's right and, it, and then she she wrote in in her instagram post there's a guy in the middle that has a six-pack wondering <laughs> now 27 years later does he still have a six-pack yeah it's a it's a pretty it's a pretty funny picture and i guess for um like the okanagan valley that's a that was like like a moment in time like uh yeah something yeah something you you'll 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 never forget you know Uh, so you i think i think this this makes me want to now go to bc and visit the the big peach try out their ice cream i'm a a big fan 
Yeah. Well, you know, Penticton's a nice place. Now, now I just need to. I, I just need to find like an MC Hammer T-shirt that I can wear while I'm having my ice cream there. Or do you think I'd get like booted? No, I think I think people time? would appreciate the joke. I, I will. Yeah. Uh, I will check um, the local Value Village and see if I can find anything. Yeah, maybe a too legit to quit uh, themed one. Yeah, you want Cause, it because you can't touch this. You know, is is too is too obvious. Yeah, and also you don't want to go as far as the funky headhunter when he wasn't really as relevant anymore. So, oh right, right. Didn't he get like super religious? He was pretty religious. He was pretty oh, right. Religious I guess he was early on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, what was that one song he had? We have to pray. We have to pray. We have just to pray to make just it to today. make it today. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh god too legit to quit i remember too legit to quit like the the video was like high concept and high budget and stuff like that and um i think like you know the that album did did well but i think he because he hosted saturday night live around that time hmm. when that came out hosted and was musical guest and i guess there was an anticipation that the, the that album was going to blow everything else out of the water um and you know, it was very successful, but I don't think it was like the the game changer that, you know, maybe was anticipated. And then his, right, then, right. then he kind of just, uh, you know, it was sort of like diminishing returns for, from, from there for him or whatever. But, you know, well, I'm sure he's still making royalty monies hand hand over fist for, you know. See, see the, the, the money thing there is to invite MC Hammer back to the Penticton uh peach yeah 30 30 years right. on yeah so let's uh head on to the headlines a new epidemic is raging through springfield and this one didn't start with crusty burgers whatchamacarcus sandwich so speaking about headlines and this gentleman uh, recently passed away who read the he- funny headlines on saturday night live is uh norm mcdonald who passed away from cancer at 61 uh earlier this week um uh, so norm canadian comedian uh i think he got the i i I heard that his original news reading was just kind of like a temporary thing but he did such a good job and just the the way his delivery was um they just gave him the gig Mm -hmm. um but that that was a pretty strong cast at that point in time uh because he took over didn't he take over for dennis miller yeah i think it was i think i think he was the next guy after dennis miller yeah, um, or, yeah, or was he, Kevin Nealon in there in between? Because Kevin Nealon did it for a while too. Hmm. You're right, 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 right. Um, my my favorite memory or character of Norm Macdonald was uh, he was he was the he was Burt Reynolds in uh, oh uh, with in, in, uh, in the Jeopardy. Jeopardy. Yeah, yeah, so good. And and the funny yeah, and the funny thing was is uh, uh oh sorry, who who played Trebek? Will Ferrell. Yeah, so Will Ferrell played the straight guy. Yeah, like yeah. <laughs> the, so if you could believe that, like kind of looking back, like where Will Ferrell is today, like, he yeah. played the straight guy yeah. in that sketch. So uh, Norm played Burt Reynolds. I don't know why it had to be Burt Reynolds. It was not even a really good impression of Burt Reynolds, but just the they were just being jerks to Trebek, trying to break him. And yeah, the one that one episode, he writes his name down, and it was like Turd Ferguson. Turd Ferguson, yeah. <laughs> Uh, who was the guy? I don't even know who it was. It was the guy who did the Sean Connery on that. Oh, the the actor. I I, I don't know the comedian. I I, I just you're, you're right. It was S words. Your mom. Like, Give me Sean for a hundred. 
What is a shaber? Oh, <laughs> uh, but you had you had a story for about uh, well, Norm Macdonald. Right? Well, there I just uh, there's a couple of things that I've loved about uh, Norm Macdonald that I think like you know were, were uh, to me the standout moments of his career outside of SNL, and uh, one of them was uh, it was it was the celebrity roast of Bob Saget. And and everybody's like, so all the comedians who were on there, it was like all the guys like uh, it was like a Jeffrey Ross and 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 uh, the late Greg Giraldo and, you know, sort of, uh, you know, the, the usual gang. I think John Lovitz was on it, you know, mm. um, and they're all like being being fairly, uh, you know, fairly crude as as they are in these rows. And Norm MacDonald goes up and he delivers like this completely clean set of like really, really bad dad jokes. But his delivery, like all the comedians were killing themselves laughing, you know, and I, I loved it. And I, I showed it to other people and they're like, well, that's not really funny. It's <laughs> like you just yeah, you just you're just not not getting it, I guess. But like it was so good. He was definitely the comedian's comedian. Like he knew how to make other comedians just kill themselves laughing and if mm-hmm. you ever get the chance to see it i don't want to do any of the jokes because if i say them you're gonna say well, right, right, right stupid jokes but you have to watch and especially like watch after like you know there's a couple of of other uh you know other of the other comics first and do their sort of like more uh risque roasts or whatever and then he comes up and he just he's just kind of making fun of the 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 roast format pretty much with it uh, and it was well that, that's his stuff was very, very smart, and mm. and and, and uh, you're you're totally right. Uh, but yeah, uh, rest in peace, Norm Macdonald. Um, but he he kept his cancer quite, you know, pretty private. Like I, I don't think any like a lot of people found it kind of a bit, a bit of a surprise. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, um, sad to see him go. Uh, another headline that we have here is uh, well, first off. The Hawk, the MCU Disney Plus TV show trailer for Hawkeye dropped earlier this week. So this is a, uh, which we can talk briefly about just after the headline. Uh, This headline is related to it, but not about the trailer. Uh, Headline is, Marvel fans want to see Rogers, the musical from Hawkeye trailer. Yeah. Just goes to show you how strong the fandom is when it just kind of, it's just like a, a fleeting shot of, of of Clint spending time with his kids in New York and they go see a Broadway play that actually just happens to be about Steve Rogers, which uh, I guess is kind of like a, a little inspired by Hamilton. Like, I guess it's, 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 it's like that. Um, so I'm sure there's some jokes where whoever the actor is playing Hawkeye in the, in the Rogers play, there's embarrasses him or whatever, but Hey fans, this hang on to something right yeah well the the thing is 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 we were talking about this before the show is that uh if marvel or and disney don't make it somebody will somebody is gonna do a rogers a, a hamilton spoof about captain america and it will show up on youtube like oh god somebody's, yeah, oh, yeah. somebody's doing it at some point you will see rogers the musical and, and I, I'm sure the producers and the showrunners for the show probably knew that as well. And I won't be surprised if after the 
probably not after the episode gets aired, but definitely after the the season ends for Hawkeye, they'll release like a extended version of all the footage they put together for the musical act, right? Yeah, because they, they obviously wouldn't would film a lot. They probably film the entire song, and then they just splice whatever they wanted to put in the episode, right? Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, um, Hawkeye looks good. Yeah, I, I like I like Haley Steinfeld. Mm-hmm. Is that her name? Mm-hmm. Uh, as uh, Kate Bishop. Yep. Uh, I remember. I, I don't. I I don't really know a lot of her recent stuff, but I do remember seeing her in True Grit, and she was very good in that. What? But she would have been super young. She was. That in, was. Uh... Oh, sorry. Uh, no, no, she was just super young. Uh, Jeff Bridges. Uh, I know she was in the Pitch Perfect movies. Mm-hmm. She was in uh, Bumblebee. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Well, I, okay. Did you ever see Bumblebee? No, no. I, I, I didn't it's... watch any of the Michael Bay movies. I tried to stay away from them. Bumblebee is not a. I, I don't know. Maybe Michael. I don't know if Michael Bay had anything to do with that one or not. Oh, okay. But that one's that one's by far the best of the Transformer movies. And okay, that's not saying a lot. I realize, but, but it was it was it wasn't bad. Yeah. So the trailer. Uh, Seems to be quite lighthearted, right? Mm-hmm. It's going to be a Christmas time release, so the first episode is going to come out on November twenty fourth and run through the Christmas season. And the show takes place in and around the holidays as well. Uh, but I like the idea of them bringing back the Ronin character mm-hmm. because uh, you get the you get the impression that Clint was Ronin for during that five-year period basically slaughtering a lot of people yeah yeah so it's interesting how they kind of bring her in so it looks like the 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 trailer alludes to Haley taking the ronin mantle like she's wearing the um the costume Mm -hmm. and i guess wackiness ensues as the it's a buddy another buddy um uh show so we'll see where see how it goes it looks it looks interesting well, he's one of those characters that because of his sort of, I guess, limited skill set in the Marvel Universe, he's like often the butt of jokes and stuff like that, uh, Hawkeye. But when when um, when done when done correctly, like he's a pretty good character, like his his uh, um, like like solo comic uh, from the, you know, I guess sort of like 2011, 2012, I think it started, uh, which I hope that they crib from i guess you know kate bishop is also very heavily um featured in that was great Mm -hmm. it was hilarious uh it was really well written you know it was uh it was you know i i think he's i think he's a good character so i'm i'm looking forward to it uh clint outside of the of the earlier avenger movies his character hit hit a good stride i think it was probably civil war where like that true character that we're used to now comes out like he's kind of yeah i don't want to say jokey but he's got more character in 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 civil war and you see that right where he's trying to break wanda out and the the, then but jeremy renner is a really good actor so you know yeah he'll make it work yeah um yeah it should be it should be good like it'll be again like it'll kind of go you know because they had two sort of higher concept shows in wandavision and loki and then they had sort of like the Falcon and Winter Soldier was like their 
you know, sort of like in the sort of, um, you know, the, the, the sort of Captain America spy thriller type vein, like that sort of world. And this will be sort of like a return to more mundane sort of, and, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean, like it won't be as high concept. I mean, I think it'll still be really good. You don't have to be yeah. high concept every time. There, there won't be any, there won't be any multiverse craziness going no, on. No, no. <laughs> uh, or in the uh, movie that we're going to be talking about uh, at, uh, now, that so we'll just kind of leave that story there. And thanks for the headlines. Um, Shang-Chi, Legend of the Ten Rings. Uh, let's get it out. Uh, Asian cast, you know, first Chinese Asian lead in the MCU. Um, you can look up the character. I, again, it was one of those characters. I was like, really? <laughs> yeah. How, what are they going to do with this? But every single time I've done that, Marvel has proven me wrong. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, uh, but I'm sure like Shang-Chi has its own myth in today's world. Cause I know that he's like, he is part of the Avengers. He's wearing some kind of Stark Industries outfit and he's still doing his thing. But, um, my impressions, Curtis, loved it. Saw it twice. <laughs> yeah, kung fu movie put into Marvel. I'm sold. Yeah, yeah, I uh, I really enjoyed it as well. Um, yeah, I thought it was uh, I thought it was really I thought it was really well done, and um, I really liked. Um, I mean, I liked I liked uh, Toronto's own uh, Simu Liu. Uh, oh yep, yep. In the lead, and but... he reps that he reps the city hard. Yeah, he does. And 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 lately, like when he's been doing his press and all that, he reps the city hard, which is great. He does. He, does. he does. Which is which is yeah, that's awesome. He he he, uh, you know, he props. He gives props to where he's from. But uh, I really liked. Um, I liked uh, Aquafina as uh, as his Katie. Uh, as Kate, Katie is uh, his his sidekick. Um, you know, and she's very, she's obviously, you know, comedic, but they, they didn't fall into the trap of making her like, you know, just kind of like bumbling around and getting in his way. Like she's like an effective, you know, she's an effective sort of foil for him. Oh yeah. Because well, Simu is, you know, unless you watch Kim's convenience, you wouldn't have known where he came from, but I think they needed some bigger, bigger name sidekick for him. Mm-hmm. But Aquafina in the Marvel universe is no different than Joel uh, Jeff Goldblum when they when they hired him on. Just be Aquafina. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like I I didn't see a character Katie. I just saw Aquafina Aquafina doing her thing. Yeah, right? doing her shtick. Yeah, she which was... is fine. Hey, it works. Like Jeff works for Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. Hey, Jeff, just we'll put on this. You're this, you're this like space entity, but you're still this weird. Yeah, <laughs> dude. Yeah, you're still making kind of creepy asides and. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so you know, they said you know, basically run with it and do your thing, and uh, and yep. it worked. And then, uh, uh, and and I and I thought uh, that uh, uh, Tony Lung was going to be a really good um, choice um, as the as the father figure slash main antagonist, and he was. He was great. And oh. I, that character was so good. Like it was just he, his motivations were, you know, so reasonable. <laughs> yeah, he's he. You know, he. They they showed him as an evil dude at the beginning, just for evil sake and power sake, and then they they lighten him up 
and then they give him a tragedy, like he become a he becomes a tragic character. Mm-hmm. Yes, and then a flawed character. Yeah, and and of course, like Tony is, you know, he's a renowned actor. Uh, for those that don't know or maybe follow Hong Kong cinema, the guy's huge, right? <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, I, I don't even know what the equivalent, uh, uh, like an American equivalent to try to give it. I it would almost, I don't know about Harrison Ford would be a good one because my first movie that I ever knew Tony Lung, I've seen Tony Lung, uh, is, a old, um, John Woo, uh, Chow Yun-Fat movie. So he played, uh, alongside Chow Yun-Fat, um, in hard boiled. Mm-hmm. So he played the undercover cop and, uh, that's how I knew him. And then obviously he's been in other roles that have come over, but this was his first North American movie, which is, quite amazing like for you know serious actor but when you talk when you watch interviews with him about the his role like he he took it like like he's like actor's actor like he mm-hmm. really wanted to play on he didn't want to be just some big superhero bad yeah yeah and he and he is like even when you know he's obviously you know obviously like he's the guy that they have to stop um you know, I guess we can get into the plot details a yeah, little yeah. bit, but uh, but but um, essentially, he's trying to bring back, you know, his the love of his life, essentially, who who uh, who is Shang Chi's Shang Chi's mother, who's from. I always forget the name of this place. Uh, Talo. Talo. It's like a mythical, like Wakanda esque. Yeah. Well, it's supposed to be in another dimension. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So. Yeah, it's like di- dragons and stuff. Uh, yeah. You know, exist and, and that kind of thing. Um, and, and and things that look like a Pokemon. Yeah. Uh, creature. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a kind of a it's kind of a cool place, but like he he he's sort of getting duped into releasing this massive evil into this dimension because he believes that it's going to bring his his wife back he's not interested in taking over the place he's not interested in getting any more power he's he's honestly believes that he can bring his wife back that's his motivation it's not yeah he's not like the mustache twirling kind of yeah he's not interested in ruling the world because in his eyes he's already done it yeah that's right and and he found he he's already done that and he found being you know in that family so much so much better right like that meant yeah. so much more to him you know he 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 found the rings early on in his backstory and used it to just basically like conquer empires and chose him beating the crap out of like some like like it looks like that like like a like a mongol fortress or something at the beginning of the the movie mm-hmm. um and uh you know he he he's got these rings that give him all these fire and he puts them away he puts them away because he's found something that means way more to him than like world domination mm-hmm. and then that gets taken away and then you know he 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 react he reacts poorly but you can understand yeah. it <laughs> Yeah, and and the rings give him what seems to be immortal life or long life. Mm-hmm. They they don't really get too much, but he's like thousands of well, thousands of years old. I think so. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, so uh, uh, 
uh, I, 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 I look, and it's funny this this movie. So let's let's get through some of the other themes. Uh, uh, it's pretty. It's a pretty funny movie as well. Some good jokes. I, I love the conversation that Aquafina and he or Katie and Shang Chi have on the plane, and about him changing his name because right. you're introduced <laughs> to him as Sean. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and then he he confesses everything about his backstory, and she yeah. goes. Your name is Shang, and you named yourself Sean to go undercover. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, and basically makes um, fun of him. For... So they 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 go on this quest, this first quest to meet up with his sister, mm-hmm. uh, who is played by Manger Zhang and Xia Ling. I think that's that's her character. So she runs this underground fight club, which I found it, and and you know this the, again, maybe it's me or or whatever, but I thought they go back to um uh the city that we saw the cyberpunk city that we saw in uh, oh, Madripoor. uh yeah in uh winter soldier falcon winter soldiers because i thought okay maybe they're going there that's where she is and no it's like oh macau i'm like oh why would they kind of go to a real place it, only to go to a place that looks like it's in mandapore which is yeah. like it's suddenly it's 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 dark and wet and neon yeah <laughs> so it's like back to cyberpunk so it's like all right, sure. Uh, and so she's running around. She's an undercover, uh, sorry, uh, underground fight club. She's got a bit of an empire. She, uh, what, whether she's into other stuff that it's never gotten into, but um, we we get a little uh, fan service there. We see Wong fighting uh, Abomination. That's right. And it's and it looks um, like they're friends, which was yeah, pretty interesting. So, um, you know. Uh, it, it it wasn't too distracting because it happened so quickly and it, they don't interact with our um with our protagonists at this point in time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I love I, I, there was a funny there's an interesting scene. Uh, it was actually interesting throughout the entire movie. Um, for a North American movie, there was way more subtitles that I than I thought there would be. That's right. Rather than rather than the old trick of like where they say like. The first couple of word, the first couple of sentences in yeah. Chinese, and then and then just start speaking English, right? Like, yeah, there, there was only two. There was only two times where they kind of said, "Oh, let's speak English," which was, yeah, um, young Shang Chi training, and the father goes, "Have you been practicing your English?" Yeah, and then they they do the rest of the scene in English. Then when they go to the Fight Club, the guy, the guy goes, "Oh, I speak ABC." Yeah, yeah, right. Because because Aquafina, I think, because she's from Brooklyn or whatever, I don't think she speaks a lick of Chinese whatsoever. Yeah, Cantonese and or so. Yeah, yeah. um, and the fact that her name is Katie, like when she's yeah. when they go to Talo and they and he introduces himself and his sister, and yeah. then like they both have Chinese names, and then yeah. and Katie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's right. Uh, so the other supporting cast, uh, Michelle Yeoh. Mm-hmm. You know, there's nothing to say about her. She's like, you know, yeah. crazy actress royalty. She's still on Star Trek Discovery. Like, um, and, you know, whether she knows martial arts, she always makes it look good. Yeah. Yeah. And she yeah. kind of plays, she plays this, the, the aunt or the sister of, of uh, the protector of Talo. Yeah. Um, another interesting character they brought back was uh, Trevor Slatery. Yes. <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. Was not expecting that at all. 
Uh, they do mention him at the dinner, the reunion dinner with uh, with the father and the two kids and Katie about, you know, the appearance of the Mandarin to, to, to topple the American government and, and whatever. But, you know, I guess kind of to uh, separate or separate his ten rings from what we already know, I guess, in a way. Uh, or what we've seen in the Iron Man's before to kind of give it its own thing or the true origins. Yeah. But yeah, I guess they went to kidnap Trevor out of jail and they were to with the intention of killing him. And then I guess they found him entertaining. So he's basically a court jester. Yeah. <laughs> and 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 he has a mythical creature, like a Pokemon mythical creature, which I guess you get the sense that not everyone can see him. Yes. Like uh, because he's surprised like this, when uh, Shang-Chi can yeah. see him. Yeah. And it's like this headless chicken pig. I think that's how it was described, right? Yeah. Like this furry chicken pig. Yeah, yeah. Without a face. Without a face. And it, and 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 it's kind of cute. Believe it or and not. It's kind of cute. Yeah. It's going to sell loads of toys this Christmas. <laughs> loads, boatloads. It's going to come in pillows yeah. and and you know. Uh, but Ben Kingsley. Yeah. Ben Kingsley. Like you and I were talking about Marvel like, you know, there could be like huge gaps. Like this is probably a 10-year gap since he played that character, right? Yeah. I think and so. And they yeah. just brought him back. Yeah. And it wasn't like just a, a fleeting Star Wars, oh look, it's the guys from the Cantina. No, he's like in the movie. <laughs> yeah. He's part he's he's he's, he's part, part of, of the, the crew. Team. He's part of the team. He's like like you yeah. were saying, he serves a purpose. He serves a purpose, he's got a job, and he's just not it's just not like just thrown in for the sake of throwing the character in, mm-hmm. which I thought was fantastic. Yeah. Um the Kung Fu is great. You know, any any kung fu fan, movie fan would I I, I think would really enjoy it. Um, I was uh, I I was really uh, impressed with the whole sort of third act that takes place um, in Talo. In Talo. Uh, because mm-hmm. I think like for me, I like the movie like front to back, but it was starting to drag a little bit. And then they had that third act, and I was like, whoa! I, I thought like the 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 fight scene between uh, uh, between Shang Chi and his father was really good, and then uh, and then the dragon fight at the end was like mm-hmm. was 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 actually like the whole thing was just excellent. It was a spectacle. Yeah. So uh, they this is whether or not rightly or wrongly, I I don't know how I felt. I think I I think at f- the first time watching it, I I kind of it took me back a bit i was like oh okay so i guess they needed their version of the chinese version of vibranium so they 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 use dragon scales which they imbue their weapons and armor with right yeah um sure (laughs) it's chinese vibranium (laughs) (laughs) uh and uh yeah there's then um there's this uh, very like the, these people in Talo are all trained because they're guardians of this portal or or door or prison. Um, probably prison is probably the best way of describing it. And there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, uh, you know running on air and air bending with their martial arts. Yeah. So Chang Shi kind of learns more about it because uh, it was 
her mother, his mother was the only one that could best him with the rings. Like she was just like, when she fought him the first time as the guardian of Talo, she was like, she didn't even care. He had these things called the rings. Yes. Her Kung Fu was just so much superior. So that much more superior. Right. And she was able to, uh, and you could see like with the, you know, because when, Oh, she took, yeah, she she, could take control. She could take control of them. Yeah. So basically saying, yeah, I can, I can destroy you at any moment if I wanted to. (laughs) Um, yeah, so it's it's a good it's a good insert into the current phase. Um, it's they by introducing Wong and then bringing the credit scene where Wong gets them out of the bar. Yes, and th- there's the uh, the interesting one about that uh, scene. So Carol Danvers and uh, Bruce Banner yeah. are reviewing what the rings are, and they don't know, but it's kind of sending out a beacon. Um, Bruce- interesting thing about that. Bruce is Bruce again. He's so, Bruce again, and he's got a cast. <laughs> so it's not that much time after Endgame, right? So yeah. whether the next time we see him in the next iteration might be She-Hulk. So it might that might be explained. Right, yeah. You know, maybe he had to go back to human to give her... Because that's a whole thing, right? She, the origin of She-Hulk in, is that he gives, he gives her blood, right? Right, yes. So maybe that's how it's explained. I, I, I we'll, we'll see. Yeah. Um. But oh my god, the karaoke scene. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, like. Yeah. Um. Okay, so uh, we both love the movies. Uh, here's here's where I give it a bit of tough love, um, and it's two things that that. Not really bothered me, but it. Uh, one was one thing is it's oh this is a DC thing. The other one was Mr. Toy, which was the character Death Dealer. So the, they remind this guy reminded me of Captain Phasma, where the sole intention of this character is to sell toys. So Death Dealer is, I guess, uh, Tony Lung's character or or Wen Wu's character's lieutenant. Yeah, with the, and the mask. This, he's got the mask. Yeah. He's training Shang-Chi. He's very mean teacher to him. Um, and they he doesn't have any dialogue. Um, just there for Kung Fu fighting. And immediately halfway through the movie, uh, his Kung Fu superiority is stopped because Shang-Chi bests him only to be stopped by his father. That's when they reunite. And then he suffers a quick Star Wars, oh, throwaway villain ending, right? Yeah. Because he was the first one to get soul sucked. Yep, that's right. That's right. Um, I, I'm just not a big fan of those types of characters where you introduce a character just to throw him away. Yeah. Especially something like the Death Dealer. Like, throw away, like, Razor Fist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But but that that's 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 fine. You know, I, uh, that that's that was one of my complaints. My other complaint was, you're right. Tony Long plays such a great villain, layers and very complex. And then they felt that they still had to do the DC. Let's fight some giant, not in this case a giant light, but a giant creature. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm not saying that I, oh, they, they should have ended it when the father and son reconciled or whatever. I, I just didn't, 
I just, I, I think they could have done something better after we have this complex, great villain, Tony Lung, only for him to be taken over by this big bad that gets destroyed anyways. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so another throwaway villain. Um, that was my only complaint. Uh, I guess they needed know. something like that so that he would bequeath the rings oh. to, to Shang-Chi. And, 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 and I, 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 I get why they do it. I just, I'm just not a big fan because I call that the DC style, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. DC always has to have that. Mm-hmm. You know, Wonder Woman was perfect until the fact that suddenly we, she had to fight this giant thing, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It could have ended <laughs> when, when with the war, uh, but nope, got to fight some giant light in the sky. Yep. No, I know. Yeah, that's true. And that is very DC. I think maybe if as, as a call back to earlier, maybe because I love Final Fantasy so much, that never bothers me. Because that's all hey. Final Fantasy is, this fighting. <laughs> you know, the, well, you got to fight the, the embodiment of fate. And then you have to fight it exactly. with swords and nunchucks and <laughs> kill it. Get, you know? get, I hope you have loads of Phoenix down to resurrect. Always stock up on Phoenix down. <laughs> Always. Um, yeah, that, that was that was my only that was my only complaint. Some of the other people that are complaining, you know, oh, there's nothing new here, blah blah. blah. I, I I I hate when people say that. Or there's nothing new. Like who's done an original, like a brand new original story? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, like they all they all follow a great hero's arc, right? Yeah, you know. Shang-Chi, he's got his threshold guardians, they have his guides, he has people that send him that transform like it's Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. Um Yeah, I don't know. Like I I uh I think like what you were saying, it's uh it's taking um a sort of like well loved genre and incorporating it into the Marvel style. And mm-hmm. and they haven't had like I guess they had Iron Fist as a kung fu show, um, which was. <laughs> <laughs> but they did. There's a funny story to that. But continue. Yeah, yeah. I was like, like, like it is something new because they because they they incorporated, um, you know the the kung fu kung fu style into the Marvel universe, like you were saying, mm-hmm. like they did with the the sort of like spy thriller that kind of thing you know they've kind of yep. done that they've kind of done it with heist movies like with ant-man and stuff um yep. you know um and, and and of course space opera with guardians of the galaxy like it works you know because a superhero movie you know again making fun of dc is not about people with powers just fighting with people with other powers that end up destroying a whole bunch of stuff you know it's not necessarily just like that um, and then it does a great job here. Uh, so here's the funny story. So this was the red carpet in Hollywood uh, for Shang-Chi and Ten Rings. And everyone's in cosplay, right? People have seen the trailers and they're already in Shang-Chi costumes and already and doing Shang-Chi as Shang-Chi and, and Katie as the valet drivers. Right. There's one guy that is there and he's dressed like Iron Fist. And Simu is a big Marvel fan. He looks over and calls out the guy and basically says, Iron Fist, dude, read the room. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, that's fantastic. 
you know, he said it jokingly. He didn't yeah. like, you know, yeah. he appreciate it, but it was just funny. It was just like, dude, read the room. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, for sure. So it'd be interesting to where they take it. So obviously he's, they, they introduced him as part of, I guess the, the, uh, uh, Dr. Strange type thing. So I don't know when Shang-Chi will show up again. I don't know if he'll be in the Doctor Strange movie. I don't think so. Yeah. He'll probably wait to to kind of see where they insert him again. Um, but uh, the movie's doing really well. Um, they it had a a record breaking Labor Day weekend. I think about seventy mil in U.S. and Canada. So world worldwide right now they're at about two sixty. 260 million worldwide yeah and this is during pandemic times yeah so that so that's you and i our review i think we both liked it but i i before we sign off i wanted to ask you about the experience about returning to the movies curtis yeah um i loved it like just going back we went uh my wife and i went and we saw it at a vip uh cinemas for the for those who, who don't who don't know um those are sort of like you know they're 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 19 and over you get big seats you know the screen's smaller but like you know they're they're you you know you get wine and you know you can order food and all this kind of stuff like it's ridiculous but i like it's it. vip hey it's vip i like it i'd like paying the extra because you get more space you get big seats you know you don't you don't you don't have anybody right behind you kicking your seat you don't have somebody in front of you that's wearing a hat you know it's starting like you know i'm 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 fussy like that i guess i don't yeah. <laughs> like, like so 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 how did they how did they uh, enforce social distancing inside the vip so when i bought my seat so i bought it in the the, the middle so there's only six seats per row once i bought those two seats in the middle the adjoining seats or the, the adjacent seats on my left and on my right, those two, those four seats were all blocked off. You couldn't buy them. So you can have so basically people, you had a row. Yeah. You, you more or less had a row. You get a row to yourself. Yeah. So you can still get guys sitting like right behind you or whatever. Um, and, but again, VIP right behind you is not like, you know, it's still a ways back because it's so spread out already. So, you know, it was, it was sold out in the sense that all the seats that could be sold were sold, but it mm -hmm. felt really, you know, I felt like I had a lot of space. Uh, you know, I felt like, you know, and, and, and the people there were just, were just so happy to, to see us. You know, like they're just like, you know, like everybody's like super nice right now at the movie theaters. Cause they're just happy to have your, have your business. But it was just like, it was just fun. Just, going going on a date with my wife to see a, yeah. to see a movie we, we were both really looking forward to drinking wine and eating popcorn it was great now now did did you feel weird about sitting in a place that's not your home and removing your mask and um not really like i thought it was you know how we were talking before like larry and i were saying earlier um that at the time uh of the first time, I guess last last year, when you were able to go back to indoor spaces before they closed again, like going to a cinema. I remember we were even looking online just to see what it would look like, you know, what seats were going to be sold and stuff. But neither mm -hmm. of us had, I don't think, had any intention of going. Right? We're mm -hmm. like, no, I wouldn't feel comfortable at all. 
and I, I guess now, like, you know, I, they're, they're not obviously instituting, you know, the, the vaccine passports yet. So, you know, but I don't know, it just kind of felt, it just kind of felt right. I don't know. Like, okay. it just, no, it just, I just felt comfortable. So how, how, I, how about you? Um, I, I didn't do VIP. I'm not as bougie as you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I I was feeling a bit going into the whole experience of going to the theater, buying that felt all normal and whatever, going to the bathroom, whatever. Uh, Yeah. Sitting down and removing my mask at first felt weird. Um, Then when the movie rolled, I kind of lost myself in the movie and I didn't care anymore. Uh, So I think that's still my own personal PTSD from all of this. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, because I, I I I I I I pride myself of being very good at not catching the COVID. So this would have been like, let's. Well, I'm I'm double vaxxed, but mm-hmm. and uh, but that probably would have been like quote unquote the riskiest thing because you know. Um, but otherwise, no, it was it was great. Yeah, and same thing with yourself. Every seat is reserved, and they the adjacent seats are removed from selection. Yeah. Um, and I, I guess it would be a fifty percent capacity. I think. Yeah, yeah, I would think. Yeah. So, so that's the thing. Could you imagine if this was this? If it wasn't like how well this movie would be doing? Like this is people clamoring just to see the movie. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. Uh, it would. It would. But yeah. Oh, uh, one thing about the closing credit scenes, you, uh, you, you and I talked about, which was this is the way the Sharon Carter should have happened, which was. The at the end of the end of the credits, you see um, Shai Ling, uh, the sister, taking posters off of her room, which we see earlier, where she has this you know good conversation with Katie, a bonding yeah. uh, conversation, and then uh, Razor Razor Fist yeah. comes and says, "Oh, they're waiting for you." So she goes out and she takes her spot on the throne, on her father's throne. And the camera pans out and there's women training. And then the guy from the fight club is also there. And as it's panning out, you're starting to see her influence on his uh, compound, his ancient Chinese palace, which has like graffiti on it now. And it's kind of taken on that cyberpunk look that her fight club. So, you know, she's taking over the 10 rings, but not to dismantle it because that was the thing, right? Oh, my sister's, dismantling my father's operations yeah but uh you know she went on the family uh, mission but she hasn't changed herself right right yeah yeah uh, which is great which it was way better than the uh sharon carter you know i'm not even out of the courthouse and already like speaking on a cellular phone about yeah quite loudly right <laughs> detailing, on my, nice detailing on my shady schemes yeah yeah, and nice and subtle. And then there was like a was a statement that basically said the ten rings will return. Yeah, yeah. Um, so again, oh, they've got another underground faction. So many underground factions on the world. That, uh, it's true <laughs> that no one seems to know about. That's well, at least one less. A with lot the, of shady uh, organizations out there. A lot of shady org, and they still even haven't introduced the kingpin. Right. That's right. Yeah. 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 So, uh, oh, one more funny scene before we sign off, and I, I, um, I, I love this scene too. It, it, it's when you see Trevor 
like on the ground with all the other dead um talo and uh ten rings soldiers and um morris who's the mythical pig chicken creature is like nudging him yeah and then he basically says calm down mate i'm not dead just just the performance now get down here and play along yeah and yeah the thing does like like this cute <laughs> yeah, belly up thing yeah that was really good oh that's money that thing's gonna sell so much at christmas time yeah. i guess that was the, the other thing too is that the the 10 rings uh and the um uh, you're gonna have to tell me one one more time with talo, talo. so the 10 rings and the talo fighters join join forces right because yeah, to, to to fight the big fight bad, the big bad, and then I guess you know that sort of uh, you know R- Razor Fist, who was originally trying to like you know kill Shang Chi and his sisters, now is in his now is in his sister's employ. Like there was like that kind of like you know there was that there was an alliance, and and I guess some elements of that alliance carry over now to that's uh, right the next hey once a mercenary always a mercenary yeah, right for sure yeah. Hey, get get a paycheck, do whatever. Yeah. <laughs> oh, she, you know, um, the the sister's character was was very good. Yeah. And I, I think she's a very uh, new to acting because I I looked at her up in IMDb and she didn't really have much. Like this was her first gig. Yeah. That's a hell of a first gig. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, she was really showing off some good fighting skills and she made it look good. And uh, again, I don't know how, like Tony Lung's English is not good. I think he basically did used his acting and phonetically went through all the English lines. Right. Cause I think in, in the, in the interview, when I saw him, like, uh, no, there's a scene, I think there's like Aquafina behind the scenes and she's like driving around Marvel studios or wherever they were, they were filming in a golf cart. Yeah. And she's trying to chat with him and he's like, not doing a great job answering her wacky questions. And yeah. her, his, his segment was the shortest. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and I, I get a sense that, you know, it was just he had a good voice coach and basically said, this is what you're saying and you have to say it like this. And he was just like, okay. Kind of like Antonio Banderas in uh, Desperado. No, what was, what was his first movie? Like the El, Mach- El Mariachi yeah. remake, right? Yeah. I don't think he spoke any English. He, they just told him phonetically, this is how it needs to sound. Yeah. And he was like, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, he did a good job. Uh, I think so. Yeah. So why don't you go? Uh, so everyone, go see Shang Chi in the Legend of the Ten Rings. Uh, it's worth it. Yeah. But that ends another episode of the Existentialist Cucumber. You can catch Curtis and I weekly on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and Google Podcast. On Apple Podcast, remember to give us a star rating and maybe some comments, um, and maybe we'll read out your comments uh, on a show one day. Maybe I, I don't know. Depends how much. Especially if it's especially if it's very angry. Yeah. <laughs> Angrier the better. Don't hold back. (laughs) Don't hold back, exactly. And just remember that sometimes a cucumber is just a cucumber. You won't hear me, I'm living the good life while I'm working from home.